You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 44. I'm doing another quick episode today because we are in the middle of a one-month home revolution challenge, and we're about halfway done. I thought it'd be fun to do a check-in on what we've learned so far, and I'll do a follow-up at the end of the challenge. Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hey there, Want to Be Minimalist friends. Welcome back to the show. As always, I'm your host, Yanni Yates, creator of LittleGreenBow.com and this podcast, The Want to Be Minimalist Show. Today, I'm talking to you about the Home Revolution Challenge and how it's going now that we're halfway through. But what is the Home Revolution Challenge, I hear some of you asking. Well, it's a 28-day challenge where we spend the first 14 days decluttering our homes and the second 14 days deep cleaning them. We started the challenge on September 1st and took a one-day break between the two sections, which means that as of today, we have officially finished the decluttering portion and have moved on to the deep cleaning. However, if you are just hearing of this for the first time and want to join us, you can sign up for a daily email of the challenge by going to the link for the Home Revolution Challenge that I will leave in the show notes or at littlegreenbow.com forward slash 44. Again, that's littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 44. And those of us in the challenge would love to have you join in on our ongoing discussion in our closed Wannabe Minimalist Facebook community. I'll have a link to our group in the show notes, but you can just search for Wannabe Minimalist and you'll be able to find us that way too. Okay, so how are things going in the challenge and what have been the biggest takeaways so far? Well, the first lesson I've learned is that decluttering requires a bit of maintenance. It's not a lot, but if you do not put systems in place, your stuff can become a problem again. You see, I hosted a decluttering challenge in January, and I got rid of lots of stuff. It was a 21-day challenge, and we snowballed our decluttering process through the entire house. Naturally, because I decluttered so much less than a year ago, I did not have as much to declutter this time around. But I discovered that I definitely needed to tidy it up. So organization is not what I think you should start with, but organization is important in order to keep your decluttered spaces neat and tidy. So that was the first lesson. The second takeaway um, that I've been talking about in the community is that lifestyle plays a big role in not only your decluttering efforts, but in maintaining a decluttered home. So I'm a mom and wife with a school-aged daughter. I run this podcast and my blog, Little Green Bow, from my home. Now, there are a few takeaways from that statement that influences my lifestyle, wardrobe, and home, all of which contribute to the things that I need in my life. So let's look at it. One, I'm a mom. Well, that means that I want my clothes to be comfortable and durable. Even if I'm dressing up, I want to be able to play with my daughter and not stress about things getting messed up, which probably means more wearable fabrics. So I have things like cotton in my wardrobe and denim and things that I don't mind if I have a dirty hand get swiped on, right? I'm not going to have 
you know, dry cleaning things. And I've given up, you know, silk tank tops and the idea that I can have those things. Eventually I will get them back, but I don't have silk hanging in my wardrobe. Number two, I'm a wife. Well, this means that I don't spend time out dating and I don't go out a lot. Now that doesn't mean I dress like a slob for my husband, but we enjoy a night in and cuddling on the couch more than nights out on the town. And that probably has something to do with being older and being parents. So it's not just because I'm a wife. But number three on that statement before is that I work for myself from home. I no longer work a corporate job or go into an office. This means that my wardrobe needs are much different than someone who does work in an office like I used to. Now, I want to point out that I'm not saying that you should be this or that. It's not good or bad. I'm just talking about the reality of my situation and my lifestyle. It would be super silly for me to keep my old corporate clothes. Honestly, they'd probably be out of style before I head back that way anyway. Or have a closet filled with clothes that don't fit my needs or current desires. Now, often we keep things out of habit instead of examining if they fit the life that we are living or the life that we want to live. If the things we own don't fit these two criteria, then it's time to let them go where maybe they will be useful to someone else. So your lifestyle choices affecting your home and the things you have is lesson number two. Takeaway number three from the challenge so far, and that I've heard from some of you, is that bringing less stuff into your home is one of the easiest ways to maintain its decluttered state. Now, I guess one could say that this is the silver lining of coronavirus. I have not gone into stores, so I haven't been tempted to purchase new items. You know, as I've gotten rid of things, things have not been coming back in at the same volume. Now, temptation and purchasing new things is something that I do get asked about frequently. And I've talked about this a bit with paper decluttering and on a couple of my other episodes. So I'll link to a few um, of these in the show notes. But I highly, highly, highly recommend limiting the advertisements, marketing efforts, and sales attempts constantly being pushed at you. Okay? Some simple ways to limit these are to unsubscribe from sales and marketing emails. Opt out of catalogs that you get in the mail. Don't watch regular TV, or if you do, record it and skip the commercials. Stop mindlessly scrolling through social media. Um, And then shop with a list and stick to it. Or if that feels very restricting, Give yourself a little cushion, like five, ten dollars, something very small where you can splurge on one item because there are going to be things that you forget about and things like that when you go shopping, but really, really, really try to shop with a list and stick to it. That has been a big key to saving money for us. I want to remind you that you should be an active shopper. That is someone who shops only when they know what they want instead of being a passive purchaser. That's someone who buys something they didn't even know existed a few minutes prior in an attempt to fill a void or stave off boredom. Okay, we want to be active shoppers, only buying when we know what we want and why we want it. Okay, so honestly, because there have been very few purchases in our home this year, I was pleasantly surprised that there wasn't a bunch more clutter to sift through. I was also able to tell much more clearly 
which items had been used in the past few months, and those that we had overlooked and looked over playing with or using time and time again. That is harder to do when there is a constant supply of new things vying for your attention. So as you bring new things into your home, you obviously will overlook the old things. So if you're bringing something in and it's replacing something, just go ahead and get rid of the old thing. So do you see kind of how this is a double-edged sword? Less stuff coming in means that you will use the stuff you have and you can notice the things that you have that you don't use. All right, so that was lesson number three. The fourth lesson that I learned is that there's no such thing as perfection. We often try to hold ourselves to these standards of things we have to do or, you know, trying to be perfect, but that just doesn't exist. I want to remind you that tastes change and so do our needs. Things I liked and needed in my 20s are totally different than the things that I like and need now that I'm married and I have a child and we live in a different city and things like that change. It's kind of like lifestyle, but it's also the environment around us that changes so rapidly and we are not immune to these outside influences. Something that I just thought of as I was saying this was we travel a lot and I find that every time I go to a new place, I have a few different things that I like from that place or just new, my eyes have been open to new decor styles or new aesthetics or new foods or, you know, new ways of dressing. And that stuff influences you. So my tastes have changed based on where we've decided to travel or where we've lived. And it's just a part of life. And we need to understand that. And I also want to talk about social media. I mean, that was not a thing in my early 20s. And yes, I'm totally dating myself by saying that. But I think about how much the world has changed. The world that we live in has changed. Uh, Last week on my episode with Erin Flynn, we talked about fast fashion and how the fashion industry used to have two seasons. And now there's practically 52 seasons and the looks are changing every week. So if we're allowing all of that marketing to come into our lives, step number uh, three, the one above that, if we're letting all of that come into our lives on a regular basis, we're constantly going to be in a state of comparison and of wanting more and of not feeling like enough. So we have to be mindful of that and stop it and just say no and that, you know what, it's okay if our tastes do change, but maybe we should be looking at something that's less trendy, a little more classic, and then let our taste change slowly instead of being driven by the marketing messages being fed to us all the time. We will be right back. And now, back to the show. And now, that's not to say that you shouldn't you know, give in to these outside influences. You know, it's helpful to realize that we are living beings. We are supposed to grow and change. And hopefully we are doing that for the better as we get older. But how does this relate to the challenge? Because it's a little out there. Um, But people often feel guilty for getting rid of things. But instead of holding on to something that you used to love out of guilt, it's better to appreciate it for the joy that it brought you during that point in your life And then just understand that you've moved on, you've changed, you've grown. It's okay to not want to keep something just because it used to make you happy at one other point in your life. And just make sure that you factor in that previous lesson. I'm just going to point it out one more time and try to maintain a decluttered home by not just buying the new trendy things because the marketers tell you that you need it. Just have it in your home because you love it, it's useful, and you find it to be beautiful. 
any of those three things, um, and it's worth keeping. Or, and by you, I mean you and your family. Your family is an extension of you and all of the people living in your home. Okay? All right, so that was number four. Perfection doesn't exist. Number five, uh, my number five takeaway from the declutter challenge is that breaking down decluttering into smaller tasks absolutely makes the projects easier. Now, if someone tells you, go declutter your entire home, it feels impossible. But if someone walks you through decluttering a kitchen drawer, well, that's easier. That's something you can do in a day and you can get it done. And so I never want you to underestimate the power of incremental steps to get to your big goal. Now, sure, there are going to be some days that are going to be harder than others, and you may even fall behind. But if you keep at it and you press forward, you will get to your end goal. Some of the members of the challenge have fallen behind, and I think some of them were kind of afraid that I would kick them out. FYI, I would never do that. But instead of getting down on them, it's been so nice to watch the group be super encouraging. So just a side note, have I told you that I absolutely love the awesome tribe we're forming? It is super cool to see people lift each other up instead of tearing each other down, which I see in so many other places on the internet these days. And so it's just, it's been so refreshing to be in this group of awesome people. Okay, but back to the challenge. I would much rather have someone join the challenge and try instead of just sitting back and not joining because they're not able to do it all or they don't feel it's going to live up to the perfect end result that they have in their head. So if that's you and you want to get in on the challenge, please, please, please come on over to our Wannabe Minimalist community on Facebook. Um, You know, sure, you'll be starting late, but there's lots of encouragement and there's lots of info to help you along the way and all the lessons from all the 16 days prior Um, Today's day 16, so all 15 days prior are still there. All the checklists, um, the before and after pictures, you can see what other people have done and get lots of encouragement. Ask your questions if you have a tricky organizing situation or anything like that, and we are here to help you. Okay, and then the sixth and final takeaway I want to share today is that what holds us back the most is generally our mindsets. We hold on to things for their sentimental value. We hold on to things because they were expensive. We hold on to things because they were a gift. We hold on to things because we might need them in the future. Now think about those four things I just said. None of those reasons I listed are because we love and use something. The things we own are tools for us to use in our lives to make them easier, more beautiful, more fulfilling, or more comfortable. Things are a great way to spark our memories, but they are not our memories. Our memories live in our minds. So my challenge is this. Can you recall the memory of someone or some time or something by keeping just the most special thing? The one thing that really reminds you of them or um, just brings back a special time? Not everything. Not all of them. There is one saying that I remind myself of pretty much all the time. I I try to remind myself of this a lot. And it is that if everything is special, then nothing is. If you keep everything, these special things will get lost because there are things that are our favorites. There are things that we find more special than others. 
And those special things are the ones we need to keep. So decluttering is helping us get rid of all of that excess, all that stuff that doesn't really matter so that we can look at the things and enjoy the things we have and that we can use them and that they help us with our lives. We do not need to live our lives for our stuff. Our stuff needs to be helping us. So those are the six things, my biggest takeaways so far. It has been a great decluttering challenge, and I am always inspired by the new lessons that I learn when I participate in things like this or even host them as I'm doing this one. So what did we declutter so far in the 14 days? Those spaces were our kitchen drawers, our kitchen cabinets, small appliances, our pantries, counters, and dining table, your bedroom, your closet, the entryway, flat surfaces, including your floors and side tables, toys, paper, workspaces, storage closets, and the garage. Yes, it was a lot of stuff. So because we had so much to get through in 14 days, a lot of you always ask about the how. And I feel like this is one of the most important steps and often the missing piece. So each day of the challenge came with a checklist to follow, and most days or areas followed my quick declutter method. So let's recap that quick declutter method just so you can remember how I like to to declutter as fast as possible. It's an acronym, so it's easy to remember, and it goes like this. Q stands for question the purpose. Stating the purpose of a room, area, or space makes it easier to make decisions on the items you want to keep there. U stands for uncover what you have. When possible, we remove all items from our room, area, or space so we know exactly what we own. I stands for into the piles, it all goes. Using a fast sorting method, we make sure everything gets put into one of three piles. C stands for curate your favorites. This is the step where only the items from your keep or love pile and that fit the purpose of the room that you're in and decluttering get to go back into the room. K stands for keep the clutter away and it's the final step in how you keep the clutter under control so that you never have to do one of these huge declutters again. Now that we're heading into the deep cleaning portion of the challenge, I will be taking the six lessons that I learned with me. This is part of the challenge that is really going to push me because while I am neat, deep cleaning has never been my strong suit. So over the second half of the challenge, we are going to be cleaning the refrigerator, the oven and range, your kitchen sink and microwave, cabinets and drawer fronts, bathtubs and showers, bathroom toilets, bathroom sinks, the dishwasher, the washing machine and dryer, fabric furniture, your any ceiling fans or vents. We'll be dusting all surfaces and plants. We'll be working on windows, blinds, and curtains, and we'll be finishing with floors and baseboards. It's going to be a busy 14 days, but I cannot wait to see how just awesome my house feels when I am done. So now I want to hear from you. Have you ever participated in a decluttering challenge before? Do you want to join us for this one? Come on over to the Private Wannabe Minimalist Facebook community, introduce yourself, and share your thoughts. I'm so excited to hear from you and help encourage you on your journey toward less stuff, more happiness, and an awesome life that you and your family deserve. The group is totally free, and you can find us by clicking on the link in the show notes or by searching for Wannabe Minimalist on Facebook. I want to meet you there and hear all about your journey. And don't forget, if you would like to get all of the show notes for today's episode, including links to those other podcast episodes I talked about, 
You can find it all at littlegreenbow.com slash 44. Once again, get all of the show notes and links for everything we talked about today on my website at littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 44. And before I go, I just want to say thank you for listening. I know you have so many options for how you spend your time, and it means the world to me that you choose to spend some of it with me. Let me know what you enjoyed hearing from the show and if you had any big takeaways yourself. Feel free to tag me on Instagram stories so that I can see what you like the most. You can also subscribe to be notified of new episodes wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. And please leave me a review if you've enjoyed the show so more people can find us and enjoy the benefits of a minimalist lifestyle. That just about wraps it up for this episode of the Wannabe Minimalist Show. Be sure to join me next week for another guest episode. This time I will be talking to someone I became friends with through her amazing Minimalist Simple Living Facebook group. She's been on her journey toward simple living for a couple years and her story is really inspiring. Make sure you don't miss it and I'll see you next week. 